Well, 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 hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into our favorite episode yet, most likely. It is our hashtag hate week episode where we talk about the Michigan and Michigan State football rivalry as the game approaches this Saturday. Welcome into another episode of Just Saying Sports. As always, I'm your host, Jake Adnip. Here with me, Sean Dwyer. How you doing? Sean, I mean, this is the week, isn't it? How excited are you to see what happens at noon on Saturday? I'm, I'm really excited. You know, I, mean, I don't know if excited is the best word. You know, just as a fan of Michigan State and alumni, you know, coming in, even if we weren't playing Michigan, I would be just a blind resume test. I'd be nervous about this game, playing a pretty good team from that city in center of Michigan. And it's going to be an exciting game to watch. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be great being there at the stadium and then taking in the atmosphere. I mean, if we're talking about the epicenter of Michigan, it's East Lansing, not not double A down there in Ann Arbor. That's way too far south. We're East Lansing. Everybody's going to go to the epicenter this weekend, um, dead in the middle of the mitten, to see the number six ranked Michigan Wolverines take on the home team, the number twenty four ranked Michigan State Spartans. As you said, you know the Spartans haven't had the best resume coming in, but we both know that this game. You can wipe the, wipe the resumes clean, essentially. Uh, I mean, this is like both teams are waiting for a Big Ten championship every single time. I mean, it means that much. Would you agree? I agree that it means that much to Michigan State, and it has historically. I mean, I can't speak for that other team because, you know, it's been publicized that they don't really put as much emphasis on this game as we do on it. And I think that's kind of led to where – the position where they're at over the past 10 years in the rivalry, you know, uh, D'Antonio's got his eight and three record, you know, I think eight and two over the past 10 years. So it's a huge game this weekend for Michigan state. I mean, I can't personally attest to what Michigan's thinking, but this is, this is the week for that Spartan fans, you know, when that schedule gets released, everyone looks at it and circles it. And it's like, all right, that's the game. Let's go. Well, I mean, speaking from our, you know, alumni base, you know, this game is a make-or-break season type of game. I mean, even if the Spartans are not in the Big Ten title conversation, which if they beat Michigan, they are still very much in the hunt and really the only ones who are in the hunt except for Ohio State, and that is the same thing for Michigan. But uh, even if Michigan State's having a down year, you know, especially for the fan base for the football team, if you beat the University of Michigan, it's still a pretty good year. You know, it's it's still acceptable enough for us. And you kind of touched on one of my points I wanted to get to in this podcast was, you know, you said you don't really think that they might be taking the rivalry as seriously as Michigan State does. And, you know, I definitely think that's been their issue for quite a while now uh, when you try to downplay something like that and you have a team like Michigan State that constantly plays with a chip on its shoulder, mostly because of the way that Michigan and their, their fan base and, you know, the nation as a whole treats Michigan State as compared to Michigan. Uh, but, you know, if Michigan's not up for this game and sees this as just as important, if not more important than the Ohio State game, I, I just don't understand where their, I guess, where their fan base gets off or where their team gets off because this is something that has all of the trappings of being, you know, the biggest game of the season up to this point. Yeah, and one of the just to go back real quick on what you touched on, the winner of this game 
Michigan State or Michigan, even though Michigan State's going to have, you know, a similar record to Michigan after this game if they win. Either way, it sets up a game for either team against Ohio State in the latter part of each team season for the Big Ten East, you know, barring any unforeseen everythings. Um, pretty much how it shook out last year. If we beat Penn State, if we beat Michigan State or beat Michigan, then that sets up that Ohio State game where we were not prepared for last year. But that sets up the game for the East. And then just to finish up with what you said, I don't know if you're a Michigan fan, I don't know how you're not taking the Michigan State game seriously, you know, just kind of not being in Michigan now, being in Indiana, you know, people here don't get it. And I don't really have a good read on what the state of Michigan's been saying lately. But if Michigan fans are still kind of in that, well, you know, we're just better than state, we should win. We're not really going to expect anything different. And you're not prepared for this kind of atmosphere that you're going to be walking into on Saturday. You're going to get buzzsawed. You're going to get smacked around. And I think that you know, Jim Harbaugh's done a little bit better job than Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez on having this team ready for rivalry games. They don't win. They haven't won any, but they've at least seemed more prepared than the past two coaches have. Yeah, and I mean, that preparation has to do a lot with it. Uh, I know you say you don't really have a gauge for what's been going on, and surprisingly enough, I had have had a few Michigan fans tell me that they were starting to kind of take a back seat and realize that this game – is all is for all the marbles and really is what matters. They, you know, they are hoping that the team and the, you know, the program in itself is able to kind of get off their high horse and look at Michigan state as a, you know, a viable option for somebody who can take their season off the rails, which they've done successfully for the last 10 years. And I I think that the mood has shifted in this rivalry a little bit where, the University of Michigan fan base has started to kind of recognize game, recognize game almost is the way that I would put it. And obviously it always takes them a while, but you know, the big thing for me is, you know, this series, everybody brings up how lopsided the series is all time. Michigan leads 69 wins to 36 wins for Michigan state with five ties coming in the series. But the majority of that, as we talked about many times and Michigan fans know and love to know, but they won't, you know, get past it is that all of their success came before 1950, especially their quote unquote domination. Um, since 1950, Michigan has 36 wins. Michigan has 30 and there's been two ties. So we're talking about almost dead even uh, since anybody who's even, you know, really breathing while, pl- while watching this football or even halfway invested in this game uh, really has any thoughts or, you know, memories of. So this is a rivalry game that has been back and forth and back and forth for years. And I think they're starting to really give Michigan State the credit they deserve, which I wish they wouldn't at some point because I still, you know, I still like, I still like that chip on our shoulder getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, as we've spoken already, I kind of think that has played into the outcomes over the last few years. You know, so I wish they, I wish they wouldn't come to their senses, but I think they're starting to. Yeah, it's just been a whole big thing for them as a whole program as a culture and really accepting the fact that, you know, we had that down year in 2016, but we're not going anywhere. And we're not going to be going back to those 90s or 80s seasons where we were not good at all, even the early 2000s before D'Antonio got in there. So, I mean, it's just a matter of time. You know, it takes time for people to start realizing things when you only play each other once a year in one sport on one day. And people kind of take 
I mean, other than this game, I really don't pay much attention to Michigan football outside the rest of the season. And I'm sure that some of their fans don't give two craps what Michigan State does with the rest of their season. So they're only really focused on us that one week. So those fans, I think by now, it's been 10 years, think they should start recognizing. Well, I do want to talk about what has kind of boiled over in the last 10 years, and that has been, you know, with the birth of social media and everything, and as I led this podcast with, saying that this is hate week, and it this ballooned into a fantastic celebration, a holiday, if you will, a week-long celebration where I know I wear my green and white nonstop for seven days, and, you know, I see a lot of Michigan fans out there doing their thing, but... I mean, do you think that this rivalry in general has amped up its intensity in the last decade, or do you think that's just because Michigan State's fan base has had more to talk about? I think it's a little bit a mixture of a couple things. I think it's definitely that. I think Michigan State being good has definitely helped, you know, because we're not just beating Michigan that one game a year and then going six and six or five and seven and just having that competitive years outside of that one game. I think it definitely helps when you look at Michigan state's been one of the most successful programs in the college football era. And even before the college football playoff era and a couple of years before that started last year's the BCS and Michigan hasn't. So I think Michigan state fans have kind of earned the right to do a little bit more talking. And I definitely think that the other part of it is, you know, we don't really like talking about it. No one does, but the Mike Hart comments definitely was a, it was a bomb in the rivalry. It set off a lot of things in motion that are still going today as, you know, Fox still plays the commercial this week. We're calling Michigan and Michigan state brothers where I don't even think that we're semi-related, but that's not yeah. here nor there. <laughs> but, you know, they're still playing that quote over and over on TV. So it's not, going away from anyone's mindset anytime soon. And I think that's a big part of the rivalry as we know it for the past 10 years since those comments have been made. Yeah. Now, another question I have for you, Sean, is, you know, I've talked to a few Michigan fans and, you know, this is the start to another rivalry season for the University of Michigan. You did drop a little mention earlier that, you know, Coach Jim Harbaugh hasn't had very good luck against Michigan State and Ohio State. One in five is his record. Obviously, he gets to start off another rivalry season this year. What happens if Jim Harbaugh loses another two games to his rivals? Nothing. Nothing's going to happen to him because he is pretty much entrenched in this job. This was Michigan's Hail Mary at a coach to get them back to where they think that they rightfully belong and where they think is their birthright is to be at the top upper echelon of college football. If the way that I think about it is if they can't have, you know, Jim Harbaugh is a great college coach, kind of fizzled a little bit in the NFL after the gimmicks of the read option kind of fell off in the NFL. He's a good college coach, or at least he was at Stanford, and he's shown flashes of being a superior college coach at Michigan. But he's got to figure it out. And if the thing with Michigan is if Jim Harbaugh can't do it, who who will? There is no other coach out there that fits their – criteria for them being a quote-unquote Michigan man that can has more coaching ability than Jim Harbaugh and he is their last hope so if he can't do it I don't think anybody can now I want to ask about our coach on the other side Mark D'Antonio of course there's been crazy talk about him being on the hot seat or things that need to change 
or blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, what does this say if D'Antonio is able to win, you know, nine out of 12 games? Or, yeah, nine out of 12 games against the University of Michigan since he steps foot in East Lansing. I think it cements his legacy of being the best coach at Michigan State ever, being the best football coach. But just because we beat Michigan this week or we beat Penn State last week, um, I've said it all season. I've said it a little bit last season, and I'm not going to change my mind on it. I think that Michigan State needs to make a change at offensive coordinator. There's things that needs to change, and if D'Antonio wants to continue to um, move forward. I mean, the example I can think of that is relevant for Detroit sports fans is Justin Verlander. He had that great part of his season, and then he struggled a little bit. And then he kind of reinvented how he pitches, and he is now, again, dominant. You know, Michigan State, Mark D'Antonio came in. He worked it up to where he wanted it to be. And then 2016 happened, then he kind of fell off. In 2017, we're getting back up. In 2018, people were expecting a lot more from this team than they are right now. And in my opinion, D'Antonio's got to do a little bit of a Justin Verlander deal where he has to reinvent himself if he wants to continue to be the top dog in the state of Michigan. Because, you know, as much as I don't like to say it, Michigan's not going anywhere. They're still going to be able to pull in five-star recruits for whatever that's worth, but upper echelon talent. And it's going to be something that we're going to have to deal with. And if he wants to continue to win, he's going to have to continue to make smart coaching moves. And that might mean making a change at offensive coordinator and getting fresh eyes on the situation and moving things in a positive direction instead of just staying still. Well, I do want to take a backtrack and ask you a, a follow-up question here. I mean, you just said that this might cement Mark D'Antonio as the greatest Michigan State coach of all time, even better than Daughtry. Yeah, I think so. I think if you look at it, Mark D'Antonio, he's only what? At this point in the season, he was at 100. So 104, he's six wins behind the all-time number for Michigan State head coaching wins. Um, he has a Rose Bowl. He has a signature couple bowl game appearances, you know, making the college football playoff, even though we got shellacked, we were there. That, you know, we got the Cotton Bowl, a um, New Year's Day six bowl against Baylor. Um, he's proven time and time again that he's taking, he's taken Michigan State to places that we haven't been before. And, I mean, maybe that's the equivalent of what it was like with Duffy Doherty and back then, but I think that Mark Antonio, if he beats Michigan this season, and we, I don't know if we beat Ohio State. I still think Ohio State is by far and away the best team in the Big Ten. But if we put up a competitive game against Michigan State or Ohio State, and we're in the conversation for the Big Ten title come around that Ohio State game, and people think we have a chance, I think that this team can rebound from their slow start. And I think D'Antonio can prove that um, he is the best coach at Michigan State all time by the coaching job he can do to get this team from where we started the season kind of slow and not on the same page to where if we're contending for a Big Ten title in a season where he could possibly break the all-time win mark, I think that would just do it for a lot of Spartan fans. Well, you make some good points there now. One more note about the rivalry before we get into a little bit talk about the actual game and, you know, what we need to see out of both teams or, you know, exactly what we, what we think we, we need to see to have each team win. But, uh, Sean, with this rivalry and how much it gets built up every year, do you ever see 
um, these two teams moving their game from the middle of the season and kind of mixing up their schedule? Or do you think that this is planned because both of these teams know that it's, you know, it's very possible for uh, it's almost a 50 50 shot anytime these teams play, you know? Yeah, I think this game is going to stay in the middle of the season just because Michigan will never let go of that last game of the year being Ohio State. Oh, I would it's never, I would never put it back there. But even you know, pushing it towards the back of the season, I I wouldn't just because you know historically, we have played Ohio State near the back end of our schedule as well, and to make that work, it would end up with all three teams having possibly two big time rivalry games back-to-back weeks and I just don't think either team would want that to happen um it would be great for fans you know having all that excitement but I think putting it in the middle of the year kind of I don't know how to say this other than it kind of gets it over with you know it's built up and built up and built up from the time the schedule comes out fall practice starts everyone's looking forward to that and it's good just to get to it and get on it because if it builds up all year I don't think it's good for and either team involved because people are going to be – there's going to be so much pressure on one game, and then you're going to have to turn around and play Ohio State the next week or the week after or the week before this game. And I think that having this game in the middle of the season kind of works best. Of course. Now, we will get into a little bit more analysis right now. Uh, we're not going to hedge our bets and, you know, pick a winner here because we uh, probably both – We'll say the same, uh, but either way, Sean, what do you need to see out of the Spartans this week for them to get past Michigan and their defense? I'm going to need to see Brian Lewerke play like Brian Lewerke played last year. You know, this year he's been kind of erratic with ball security and some of the decisions he's made, and I think that he just hasn't been the same player. I think that if we want to take that next step for this season and beat the beat in the league, Michigan's got an elite defense. Let's we'll say it. They've got an elite defense. If we want to beat an elite defense, Brian Lewerke has to play like he did last year. He has to be taking care of the ball, which in big time games last year he didn't really do it in the beginning of the season, but at the end of the season he did. So he needs to keep continuing that trend of taking care of the ball and making good decisions for this Michigan State offense that's going to have their hands full with Michigan's defense. Yeah, my, I mean, my key for the Spartans especially is shoring up their defensive secondary. I, I, don't, I know that Shea Patterson isn't the best quarterback in the Big Ten, but he will damage the Spartans if they're not able to, you know, stop these passes from anywhere in between 8 and 15 yards and even some of their shorter routes. They haven't been able to deal with almost all season. And I know that uh, the Wolverines are going to use a pretty heavy air attack. Um, I almost assume that with Michigan State having the best rushing defense in the country, uh, even after that Penn State performance, and, you know, I, I don't think they'll be able to do too much on the ground. So as long as Michigan State's secondary can hopefully force at least one or ter- two turnovers and, you know, keep up with those wide receivers where they're not getting beat in coverage downfield, I think that keeps Michigan State in this game close enough where we see what Michigan State has done over the last even just couple of weeks or over the last five or ten years that, you know, if you keep a game close with the Spartans, it's going to be scary for you. And I think, you know, the Michigan University of Michigan fan base felt that in full effect in that game in 2015, Sean. Oh, yes, that monumental, epic 
legendary play that we had were privileged of witnessing in person. Yes, the 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 most outstanding feeling of joy I might have had in a single five second window in my entire life. But oh. I'm RIP to the RIP to the Boz glasses. RIP to my favorite glasses. For those of you for those of you who don't know, Sean and I went to the Michigan Michigan State game at the Big House in 2015 made the trip down to Ann Arbor for the first time for a game, which um, I do not regret, but I do not think I will ever go back. I'll just preface with that. But uh, we got to see that spectacular punt return touchdown or punt block return touchdown by Jalen Watts Jackson in person. And I had my favorite sunglasses latched around my neck because, you know, it ended up getting dark outside and, you know, the big 80s ski glasses all reflective um, had me looking like a chump, but I loved him. And as soon as that play happened, I was subsequently dogpiled on by about Sean and five other Spartan fans, which we did not know. And uh, yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah, and had uh, had those glasses shattered and broken. I mean, they were actually straight out of the '80s. But sacrifice well, good riddance glasses. That was the most worth it uh, sacrifice I've ever made. So anyway, Michigan State close games. Um. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that, getting back on track, you don't want to you don't want to have Michigan State in close games, no matter how much better you think you are, or how you know how much of a favorite you are or underdog. You don't want to have Michigan State in close games, and you know even when they don't have a chance, they obviously still have a chance. So if Michigan State can keep the game close, which I see happening, I think they have a good chance to win as long as that secondary stays where where it needs to be. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's going to be big to watch for Michigan State is going to be the defensive line. And it kind of piggybacks off what you said with the secondary needing to step up. Is The defensive line has to get a little bit of pressure on Shea Patterson all game. They got to make him uncomfortable, um, kind of like what they did with Devin Gardner in 2013 and 2014. You're going to have to collapse that pocket, not let him get outside and get on the run and throw and kind of keep him in the pocket to keep him uncomfortable and his feet moving. And that's really going to help our secondary out if he's having to look through his reads um, quicker than he wants to. And I think that is going to be the other big thing for Michigan State this week. Now, I do want to have one crazy hot take from you, Sean. So if there's one thing that happens in this game that blows everybody's mind, what do you think it'll be? I don't know if it's a crazy big prediction. I don't really think there's going to be anything that we don't really see. Um I think it's going to be that no matter – I know Michigan's favored right now by seven. And I know that that's – my prediction is that no matter what the line ends up being, is Michigan State's going to cover the spread. And it just – it looks like that just from a pure overall. This game is historically close. Um, if anything, over the past 10 years, Michigan State has won in blowouts more than Michigan has won their two games by, I think, a combined 10 points maybe. Um, and just under Jim Harbaugh, um, against the spread, Michigan is 18 and 21. Uh, D'Antonio in his career is 69 and 61. Um, and looking at it as a road favorite, Michigan is 500 at five and five. And Michigan State as a home dog is five and three. So there's a winning record against a 500 record. Um, just the overall trends of both coaching staffs and teams kind of treads toward this game being Michigan State covers the spread no matter where it's at. Win or lose, I think that they do cover the spread. 
Yeah, I don't think we're going to see anything like you said back with Devin Gardner where we have negative 48 rushing yards. I mean, that would be no, – That won't happen again, no. <laughs> that would be fantastic. We were at that game as well. I would say that was the best Michigan game, Michigan-Michigan State game I've ever been at, but then we went to that one at the big house. So, um, but I think, you know, my hot take would be that Michigan State wins the turnover battle by more than one, by like two or three, and that will lead to them, you know – making this a close game and possibly winning it. Um, the defense, the, basically my hot take is that the Michigan State defense is going to outperform the Michigan defense, uh, both numbers-wise and uh, on the turnover margin. Yeah, man, Joe Bocci don't mess around. He's ready. You saw his quotes. Joe Bocci's not messing around this week. Well, I don't think any of the Spartans are really messing around, and I think a lot of Wolverine fans are hoping that the Wolverines aren't messing around. But, you know, like you said, historically, this is a close scoring game. Both of these teams fight tooth and nail for every inch. I mean, is there anything about this year's game that intrigues you more than years past? Um, if I had to put it on one thing, it's going to be that um, maybe this year might be the first year that the team that wins the running battle doesn't win the game. And I just say that from the point of um, Michigan State, we have not been able to run the ball efficiently. And on the other side of the coin, we have been able to stop the run pretty much all together. We gave up 200 yards to um, bleh, Penn State last week, and we're still giving up 60 yards a game, 62.3 yards a game rushing. So we've been able to stop the run. On the other hand, we haven't really been able to run the ball efficiently like we have in years past. And so I think that that kind of this year might be the year that the trend is broken of the team that wins the rushing battle is in the best position to win the game near the end of it. You know, my, my biggest intrigue for at least Spartan fans is that, you know, once again, you know, with the exception of that 2016 season, which obviously didn't turn out so hot, we have the chance to play big spoilers for Michigan and their their big, you know, their big season that they, they're looking to have going and getting back in the conversation in the Big Ten or really even in the Big Ten East, not finishing third place or below. And, you know, it's funny because I've had – I heard somebody uh, kind of denote this game as the battle for third place in the Big Ten East as a joke. And it was it was more or less like, well – that's really kind of what it turns out to be is, you know, whoever doesn't win this game is going to get locked into third place in the East. And the other, the other one has a chance at winning the title in the big 10 East and going down to Indianapolis and coming to see you. Uh, but well, you know, it, Michigan could still lose to Penn state and wind up fourth again this year. Well, of course. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess, I guess Wolverine fans aren't out of the woods yet, but uh I, I thought that was pretty funny, but I think that's the biggest intrigue out of years past. I mean, obviously, la- yeah, whoever, la- last year, Michigan whoever, and Michigan State were a little, you know, a little more parody. But I think there's a bit of a skill gap between the two teams that everybody sees. And if Michigan State's able to close that skill gap, it really is, makes for an intriguing matchup. But, Sean, is there anything else that you would like to add for our – Hey, hashtag hate week episode um, about this matchup this weekend. I'm just going to go real quick, bold prediction. I just thought of one Kenny Willikis, two and a half sacks. 
Okay. I like it. I like it. Now, obviously, big game on Saturday in East Lansing at noon. Uh, Big Ten Conference matchup, rivalry game, the biggest and the best rivalry in the world, if you ask either one of us at least. Um, You know, this has been something that we grew up with. We, you know, got fed through the ringer, and now we're out the other side. Bigger and better men. And uh, I think this rivalry is always a good time for families, friends, and, you know, Michiganders alike to come together to rip and tear and hate on each other. It's all out of a certain seated bottom love for the game itself. And, you know, we, we love the rivalry as much as we hate it. Am I right? I think that's the perfect way to put it. And it's like, you know, if this, if this game wasn't around win or lose, my life would be a little bit bleaker because I wouldn't have so much to live for. (laughs) But that is going to do it for our hate week episode. As I said, we're not going to make our picks. I think most of our listeners would know who I would probably pick anyways. Um, you know, that, <laughs> that blind support, but, uh, with, you know, without any further ado, my name's Jake Atnip. I'm Sean DeWire. Thank you for listening to another episode of just saying sports. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at just saying sport. Follow us each on our own personal Twitters at Jake Atnip at Dwyer S E three. Give us a like, a follow, try and interact with us, win or act with us a little bit, and let us know what you want to hear on the show. And uh, if there's any Michigan fans out there who would like to either defend themselves or let us know why Michigan should win, please make sure that you, you know, interact with us on social media and, you know, give us some grief. It's, it's hate week for a reason. You're supposed to come back at it. So once again, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe and listen on all platforms. Go green, go white. We'll see, see ya. Yeah, we'll see you next week.